we've made some headway and we've talked about a lot of things. We talked about the rapture. Uh, we talked about, we have the chart that we've been looking at, uh, understanding the different periods of time. We've been understanding the timeline of all of this, right? And last week we were in, uh, I believe it was First Thessalonians, right? And I told you that uh, there are some things that must happen. <clears throat> and I think that when we went to Second, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter two, uh, it says, "Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will come. It will not come unless what apostasy." Now, what what is, what the writer is trying to get us ready for is he's saying that before the end comes, there are some signs that you will see that's relevant. Amen. That that that's clear. Some signs of the times that's clear. It's so clear that you will be able to recognize it. Amen. And so he says, let no one in any way, what deceive you. I told you what's happening in this church that Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica. And he's saying to them that there were, and I said this last week, there were people who came into the church and they were teaching that the rapture had already happened. All right. That, that people had that, 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 Jesus had already come back. So what did he say? He said, listen, don't let anyone deceive you. Here's what you have to see. You have to see what? Apostasy. Now, remember this. Uh, you will see apostasy now and you will see apostasy later. Now, what is the definition of apostasy? And what is an apostate? I, I mentioned that a couple of times. Say it one more time. The falling away of Christians. Make sure you write that next to apostasy, okay? It's not just the falling away, but it's Christians who fall away. So there is a special terminology for Christians who backslide. Amen. They are what's called an apostate. And so... When you're living in as an apostate, you are in the frantic search of happiness without God. Come on, somebody. You are overly sensitive. Amen. Everything kind of gets next to you. Okay? And you're living your life in reverse mode. Okay? So, with the end times and understanding the signs of the times, one of the things that he said is that two conditions must be met before Christ returns. Now remember, Christ is coming back to do what? All right, come on, y'all. To do what? To rapture us up. He's coming to do what? To rapture us. Okay, but he's not returning on what? On earth. When will that happen? What's that period called? Three and a half years within the what? The tribulation. So three and a half years within the tribulation, right? He's going to, Jesus is going to come back for how long? 1,000 years. You see how easy this is getting? See, as we teach it week after week, it gets very, it gets easier and easier. Okay. So, so here's the deal. So we know that Jesus is coming back. 
to rapture the church. And we also know that in between him coming back in the middle of the three and a half years, right, that thousand year reign, okay, when that happens, right, there will also be what? Apostasy, right? During this period of time, that doing this, so the period of time that we're dealing with here in Second Thessalonians 2, 3 is the first half of the tribulation. The first half. Isn't it awesome how the Bible is? How the Bible, how a Bible writer can predict what was written in Revelation. They never met each other. You know what that's called? Prophecy. But it's also called divine inspiration. Listen, if you read your word, it will come alive in you. Amen. If you read your word and apply it to your life, it will come to pass. Amen. So, he says the apostasy will come first and the man of what? Now, who is the man of lawlessness? The Antichrist. All right. So in the first three and a half years of uh, tribulation, here's what will happen. First, first three and a half years of tribulation, there will be a man. I don't know if he's going to be European. I don't know what he's going to be. But what I do know is that he is going to be what's called the Antichrist. Now, he's not going to look like Satan. He's going to be slick. He's going to be attractive. He's going to have a charisma about him that will draw many to him, but you're going to have to take the mark. Okay, the mark of the beast. Now, the Antichrist, what he's going to do is he's going to bring world peace. You know what the world peace is going to be about? The fact that the Jews has built the temple where the Muslims have their Dome of the Rock right now. And so for however he's going to do it, he's going to bring peace on earth and everybody's going to run to him and say, you are our savior. Now watch this. Watch this now. At that particular time, he will rule the world by himself. It's going to be a one one man government, one world order. All right, so it won't be like you're living in America and you have a president president here. You're living in in Europe and you have a prime minister. No, this guy is going to run the whole world, and he's going to have supernatural powers too about him. And listen, you're going to be so drawn to him, Amen, that you couldn't resist like a cigarette. Like fentanyl. Amen. That kind of draw. But what look at his name though. Look look at look what God look what God look what God called him. The man of what? Huh? Is what? And what do, what do we call him? Who wanna follow him? But hopefully you're not here, right? How many are you going to be here? I ain't going to be here. All right. So his name is what? The man of lawlessness and what? The revealed and the son of destruction. So two conditions must be met before Christ comes to the earth. 
number one, the gospel must be what? To all nations. Imagine that, that the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go to, uh, let's, let's look at something tonight. Let's look at something. Romans, uh, shoot, let me get my Bible. Chapter 1. It's Romans chapter 1. Alright. Look at ver- verse 16. What does it say there? Paul is writing to the church in Rome. And what does he say to them? He says what? I am not ashamed of what? You, you know what gospel means? Okay. So the Greek word for gospel is euangelion. It means good news. But watch this. Let me contextualize it culturally to show you how the Greeks, when they heard the word gospel, what they thought. So there is a messenger who would bring the gospel, the euangelion. So in those times, in Roman times, Greek times, what would happen is you would go to sleep at night and... And when you wake up the next morning, you may be under the control of the Babylonians or the Persians or, 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 the, or, or barbarians. And so rather than say, today we are barbarians, they would say, today we have the gospel, the good news. Because they would kill the messenger. <laughs> Y'all with me? That, that's primarily how it works. So rather than say, Today we are Babylonians or tomorrow we're Persians. They would say, I I brought the gospel to show who you belong to. I'm trying to help somebody. So the gospel, so when you hear the word gospel, the word gospel pretty much tells you who you are identified with. Do I have a witness? And so in other words, it's the message of the good news of who you belong to. Are you with me? And so Paul says, I am not ashamed of the what? The gospel of who? Jesus Christ. So whenever you hear the gospel, you now can say, I received the gospel because now I belong. Today when I wake up, I know I belong to what? Here's the good news. I belong to who? To Jesus. Do I have anybody? Isn't that good news today? Can I ask you a question? Who do you belong to? Which gospel did you receive? Watch this. Let me show you how gospel works. So if you receive the prosperity gospel, that means you belong to the prosperity movement. Come on, somebody. If you receive the health, wealth, and and whatever it is, gospel, or the social gospel, or the socialism gospel, gospel means that it's a good news of who you belong to. Paul said, I ain't ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? See, in the gospel, in the gospel of Jesus, there is something that's there. You know what it is? Power. Watch this. 
You take two people and you put them under the gospel. One hears the gospel and one changes. The other hears the gospel and then they struggle to live. What's the difference? One heard and one believed. One heard, but one may not have believed, but they were sitting in the same room. Lord have mercy. You know why you're not the same way anymore? I don't know if you think you're the same. Anybody here changed? I mean, you really changed like since you... No, just a few, y'all. How many of you could say you really, really, like you really, like, okay, all right, you're changing. All right, okay. <laughs> like, like for real, like you're, you're not just coming to church because you're forced to. You're coming to church because you know, hey, I want to be here because I'm changing. Let me ask you a question. What's changing you? Where, where did the change begin? The gospel. When you accepted Christ as your leader, as your king, come on somebody, as your Lord, as your savior, come on somebody, then you now say, I belong to the kingdom. I am a kingdom person now. And watch this. This is why you got to gauge what you listen to. Because whatever gospel you get caught up in, that's what you become. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the what? It is the, oh shoot. It is the what? It is the, it is the power. What is this power that he's talking about? The power that he's talking about is the fact that the gospel has the power, a Amen. Not just to save you. Oh, come on and help me somebody. But the gospel has the power. Listen, it's not positive thinking that changes you. If you want to kick that habit, you have to accept the gospel. The the starting point for all of us is the what? Is the gospel. So one of the greatest, and isn't it amazing that Jesus is giving us a chance before we rapture up. Oh, shoot. I thought I was showing it there. <laughs> oh. Hold on. Before we rapture up, are you following me? He's given us a chance. Listen, you may not have gotten it right last week. You may not have gotten it right the week before that. You may not have been gotten it right your whole life. But can I tell you something? You have a chance tonight. There's a chance for you. There's an opportunity for you. Watch this. To really examine your life. And you can see the power. Listen, can I tell you something? I'm a changed man because of the gospel. Are you with me? Listen, I didn't go for no hokey pokey. I didn't go for none of that crazy stuff that you're hearing out here in this world today. What I'm trying to tell you, I wasn't looking for God to make me rich. What I was looking for was a changed life. 
I got tired of living the same way. I got tired of doing the same things over and over again. I got tired of being something that I was talking about, but never really becoming that. Are y'all with me? And I don't know about you, but you can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool them all the time. You could keep saying one thing. You could keep talking about it. You could keep being something or trying to make yourself into something. But let me tell you something. When you hear the gospel, you change. Listen, you don't lie. You don't steal. You don't cuss as much. Notice I said as much. Because you ain't perfect. You understand what I'm saying? Perfect people don't cuss no more. Okay? But then God just takes things from you. Paul says, listen, I ain't ashamed of this thing. He says it is the power of God. That word power is dudamus. That word dudamus, think about it like this. Think about 10 million sticks of dynamite in this room. I'm I'm reading a book right now on cold cases. How to solve a cold case. Case to go dead. And here's what it says. It said, if you really want to find out what happened, you got to look at the fuse. I wish I had somebody. You got to start at the fuse and see how many strands it has on the end. Because that will begin to tell you what really happened before you lit the fuse. I wish I had somebody. See, a lot of us got fuses. And if you really want to know what happened in your life, pay attention to what happened at the fuse end. Not where the explosion happened, but at the fuse end. You with me? Watch this. So what he's saying is that when you look at the fuse end of the gospel, Lord have mercy. When you like the gospel, what the explosion that you get, Lord, I thank you for the attacks. It was worth it. That's the outcome. The fragments that you see is people getting saved. And watch this. And they know that they're saved. And they know that they're saved because guess what? You don't have to convince them that they're saved. They know that they're heaven bound. Because they experienced the power. It says for salvation to who? Is it for some people, white people, Chinese people, just black people? Huh? The gospel is universal. So the gospel now is, he says, Christ is not coming back to earth. Okay? Until the gospel reaches every part of this world. Now whose responsibility is it? I I know a few, but I have not seen many African-American churches that are really into missions. There's a few of them. I'm talking about, and I ain't talking about going to Africa and talking to a few people. 
I'm talking about mission-minded to leave out the doors and go out in those streets right there in Sunnyside, right here on Cullen, by that little store on the corner there where everybody sleep in front of it, and share the power of the gospel. I see us building good monuments. But we're not sharing the gospel. You see, if the gospel had that much power. No, I'm sorry. Because the gospel. Let me just ask a question. Have you seen the power of God in your life? Okay, so let me ask you this. Why aren't we talking about it? You know what the problem is with evangelism? We worry too much about us. That we will get rejected. <laughs> oh, pastor, I invite him to church. They just ain't want to come. Okay, find somebody else. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't, you know, they, 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 I, man, if I go witness to them, they may, they may reject me. You're thinking too much about you and you're not thinking about the fact the gospel doesn't need help. The gospel just needs you to open your mouth and say, hey, can I tell you about somebody that I met? Listen, I can look around this room tonight and I can tell you, I've seen God change your life. So if God is powerful enough to do it for one. And if, watch this, if the timeline means that we need to go out here and win more souls to Christ. Think about how many people are holding up the timeline, man. Do you want to continue living in this hell on earth? You see what the church looks like tonight? This is what apostasy looks like. Take me a picture of this. This is what apostasy looks like. But this is also what the rapture going to look like. There's going to be a bunch of people in church and then all of a sudden there's going to be five people in church. But this is what apostasy looks like. And here's the thing. You and I have to be on a, on a rescue mission. We have to go back and get those who have lost their way and try to bring them back. He says to everyone who believes to the what? To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So imagine that the Greek audience and the Jewish audience is thinking, oh man. The gospel of Jesus, if I accept it, that means today when I wake up, I belong to him. That's the Greek mindset. I remember Greeks took the language very seriously. So when you say gospel, they're thinking, man. So, so Paul was playing on the words to say, hey, just like John. John played on the words too because John was speaking to the same kind of audience. And they're thinking in their mind when they received this message, they're thinking to themselves, man. If I accept Christ today, I no longer belong to the Jews. I mean, to the Greeks. I don't long, I, tomorrow when I wake up, I'm one way. I belong to God now. And here's the thing, y'all. 
You don't have to do anything. The power will begin to work in you by itself. See? Watch this. He says, for in it, the what? The righteousness of God is what? Reveal from what? Faith to faith as it is written. And he quotes an Old Testament passage. Matter of fact, he quotes Job here. And he says, but the righteous man. So how do you receive the gospel? Thought you were listening. How do we receive the gospel? Uh, By faith. (laughs) How do you receive the gospel? All right, now last week I told you, all right, so that was good. I got about six more minutes. So watch this. So, so the gospel must be preached, okay, around the world. Everybody got to get saved, right? It, well, those, okay, I don't want to confuse you, so I'll leave that doctrine alone. And it's called the doctrine of election. Okay, the doctrine of election says not everyone is destined to be saved. So there's vessels of honor and there's vessels of dishonor. So what's the next thing? So this, 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 um, this man of lawlessness, right? Okay, guess what? He will now go into the temple after it's been, look, after he done brought peace on earth. I'm bringing you back to the timeline. Okay, rewind. I moved ahead. I do that sometimes when I'm talking. Like I'll be talking about one thing and then all of a sudden I jump to something else. Uh, <laughs> so now, right now, we're back into the chart, okay? We're, we're at the first three and a half years of the tribulation, right? And then when he brings peace now, he's going to go into the temple and basically he's going to desecrate it. I mean, he's going to tear up the temple, man. He's going to do some foul stuff. I wish I could really say what he was going to do, but... Right, he's going to crap on the altar and that kind of stuff. Pee on the altar, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what he's, no, not literally. He's, he's going to desecrate. The, now, 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 remember this. Remember this, okay? During the first three and a half years of tribulation, temple worship will be put back into play. So like in the Old Testament, oh, y'all, y'all don't understand this, y'all. In the Old Testament, they didn't go to church every week. They went to church once a year. They would go to the temple and then the priest would make intercession for them for their sins to be forgiven. So they're going back to that kind of worship, but this Antichrist is going to come in and, and basically, that's why they call it the abomination of desolation, okay? All right? So then... It says here now in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, it says, let no one in any way deceive you for it will not come until what? Apostasy comes first. So now we're seeing some of that today, right? And then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, right? All right. And then what happens next? The gospel must be preached. Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as what? As a testimony to all nations. And then 
end will come. What end? The end of life without Jesus on earth. So now Jesus will be coming back. That's the end. Okay? So remember this. I find it very interesting. And remember, a lot of people fight this this concept. But remember this. Our gospel is going to go around the world. And until that time, the end will not come. All right? Verse 36, no one knows when, but on that day and that hour, what? Let me make sure I'm doing this thing right. I don't know what I'm doing. What happened? See? Always something. Can't trust technology. All right, what is it's frozen. All right. Uh, the gospel must be preached. The gospel must be preached and the abomination of desolation. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter uh, chapter two and verse three. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. What does it say? Mm-hmm. comes first. Okay, the son of destruction, right? Knows what God. It says, who opposes and exalts himself above what? Every so-called what? Glilgy. Or object of what? So when the Antichrist come, he is gonna put himself above every God. Okay? He's gonna he's gonna say, I, I'm above everybody. Okay, and so, and that's just how he's going to roll. Watch the text. The text says, so that he takes his seat. See it? Y'all thought I was making it up as I was going, huh? All right. That he takes it up, what? Takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as what? Did you see that? You know what Satan's problem is? He wants to be like God. As a matter of fact, that's what got him kicked out of heaven in the first place. He wants to be like God. Watch the text. The text is deep, bro. Look what he says. He says, he says, uh, uh, every so-called God, and he takes his seat up in the temple of God, displaying himself being God. He said, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you have known what, what? Restrains him now so that in his time, he will be what? Revealed. So right now, really, Satan is really being restrained by God. Okay, from really doing a full takeover. Because certain things, you know what, you know who God, you know what God is doing? He's waiting for some of your loved ones to get saved. Man, isn't he a good God? You think he really got to put up with us? Do you really think that he really has to wait for us? Watch the text. It says, and you know what restrains him now so that in his time he will be what? Revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already what? At work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. 
Then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will what? Slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the what? A See, when, when, when Christ comes, he's going to knock him out. Just his breath. I hope it's garlic. What kind of breath? I don't know what he's going to be having, but we get it. It says that is, that is the one who's coming in accordance with the activity of what? Satan with all power and the signs and what? Yeah. And with what? All this, this is the Antichrist. And with all what? Deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the what? The love of the truth. So as to be what? Don't play with your Christian life, y'all. Stop playing, y'all. We've been on vacation too long. And I want to tell you something. It's going to happen. For this reason, God will send upon them a what? A deluding influence. So that they will believe what is what? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you what's going to happen during this time. When Christ comes back and the Antichrist hits the earth, okay? He's going to send a deceiving spirit out. God will. So they will believe him. You better be careful. Live right, y'all. Live for God. And you won't fall into this. This is this time. Look what he says next. It says a deluding spirit that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be what? Judged. Who did not believe the what? See, it's about believing the truth. Some people listen to me preach and they criticize it. And they think he ain't saying nothing here. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, it's truth. You know what I know about truth? It offends. Whatever offends you, you ought to say thank you. But took pleasure in what? Wickedness. Verse 13. But we what? Why? Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God, God has what? God has what? From when? For what? Through what? That's what I talked about Sunday. That's what I talked about leveling up. You level up by living for God and being sanctified. To be sanctified means you're set apart as sacred. Special. Some people think sanctification means you holier than everybody. No, 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 no. Sanctification means you're set apart and you're living for God. But here's the thing. Can I tell you something? You didn't choose God. God chose you. And you know what I found out about some people? God has chosen them, but yet they act like they're not chosen. Because they're so disgusted about this and so disappointed about that. And they, they don't really see the bigger picture. Thanks be to God that he didn't have to choose you. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me, Lord. Thank you for choosing me, God. Listen, I promise you, y'all, if God didn't choose me, if the gospel wasn't real, you wouldn't, would have never seen me in life. 
this was the last place that I really wanted to be in. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. But when God saves you, when you hear the gospel, listen, when you really hear the gospel, here's what happens to you. You change. And the things that you didn't want to do are the things that you love to do. Check yourself to see if you're really of the faith. And make sure you are not just a reformed Christian and not a regenerated Christian. You know what a reformed person does? They wait for parole time. And they start acting right. Oh yeah. Well, let's just not use let's just not use a prison illustration. Let's just use another illustration, okay? You at your job, you know you ain't been doing right. You ain't been doing right. But now it comes time for promotion time and evaluation time. And all of a sudden now you tighten it up. You're you're reforming because you're being watched. Come on, help me somebody. And watch this. And you are trying to get something out of it. So you act right for the moment. You're not acting right when nobody's looking. When when the boss is not present, you you on your phone, you texting, you doing all, you know what I mean? You just parlaying. And then you want to talk about, oh man, they be treating me bad this job. That's reform behavior. When the boss come around, you tight. You're doing it. And as soon as you get your raise, as soon as you get your promotion. You go right back to being what you was. Saints, you don't want to be a reformed Christian. I'm going to teach on that. You want to be a regenerated Christian. You know what the word regenerate means? To regene. In other words, God's taken your sinful gene and he's regening you through the power of the gospel. So that's how you're able to stand in the midst of the storm. That's how you're able to overcome. That's how you're able to stay the course. That's how you're able to pray. That's how you're able to praise because you have a new gene. You've been regenerated. You're not just reformed. All right. He says, the beginning of what? For salvation through sanctification by the spirit and what? All right, that's it for me. I'm done tonight. Give God a hand clap praise.